Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Yawgmoth Soap Opera, episode 58, the classic-related podcast brought to the community by the community. Uh, we're here with our regular co-hosts, me, George, a.k.a. Whippy Penguin, and Zach, a.k.a. The Hoff, or Abstract 66. What's happening, brother? Oh, you know, we're a couple of luck sacks that made it into the Mugs Preed, top eight. eight. Um, this week I thought we would look at, you know, the top eight and the metagame. Not a whole lot going on in Classic. Uh, Avacyn Restored came out a few days ago, and the pre-release, or the release events are about to start. That's always exciting. I tend to do a ton of those, but, uh, I don't know if a ton will be done this time. Maybe, maybe five or six over the next two weeks. How about you? Um... I don't know, dude. Uh, I really have no clue as far as the number. Um, I, I don't really know what's going on with anything Magic-related. I'm kind of, like, out of it. Um, I thought I was going to be in, like, draft mode here coming up soon, but, like, right now I'm just kind of in a weird spot, man. I, I don't know how, how else to explain it. Oh, I can dig it. I can dig it. But, yeah, I, I mean, as far as the league goes, I thought it was a lot of fun. Oh, I hope I didn't give away anything by saying was in past tense. <laughs> uh But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I was stoked hitting the top eight. I didn't think I was going to. If you remember correctly, I picked this deck like the day that I submitted it, and we kind of put it together hastily. That's right. So I'm cool, you know, with hitting the top eight. And, you know, as a spoiler, I'll go ahead and say I did not win against today uh, against cantripping. So we'll go over that in a minute, but yeah, I, I uh, it was a pretty crazy set of games though. The third, it went to a third game, and uh, we'll go over it when we go over the matchups in a minute. But for me, it was it was a lot of fun this league, and I'm sure I'll get some kind of a door prize for hitting top eight. Oh, uh, there's there's something. I mean, depending on your standings, you were in seventh place. You might you might end up in eighth unless you Vapa loses. No, actually, I think it's dependent on how well the guy you, you who beat you did, right? Oh, I guess I guess that's true, too. I could be in fifth place if uh, Cantrip and takes it all down. That's right, and then you would get, you know, fifth shot at the prizes. Oh, wait, I guess I would be in, that would be sixth place, right? Because whoever loses to him in the semi, no, that'd be top four. Yeah, I think it'd be fifth place. We will see. We shall. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and hop right into that, brother. Uh you had the nice job of writing out the article for us this week. You want to uh, lead us through it? Yeah, sure. So for the last few weeks, we've looked at the metagame, and it was, I believe, 12 aggro decks, and then uh, six combo decks and six control decks. Now that we've broken down to the to the top eight, we've got four aggro decks, um, two red, blue, green delvers. One is kind of like a, a red fish deck, and the other one is my grow deck. And then there's a mono blue merfolk, and then a bant colored, um, a bant colored deck that uses unblockable guys to draw lots of cards or bounce lots of permanents. Definitely cool. And, uh, I think we went over these decks a lot the last couple of weeks, but I think maybe, you know, in the interest of the top eight and in the interest of, not a ton of material for this week's cast. I think we should go through them once again. Um, yeah. Seed by seed, because George was nice enough to put the deck list in here. And uh, 
let's let's go ahead and go through them. So, who's in the first seed? Well, um, besides the four aggro decks in the top eight, there's a, an LED Storm deck, and then a Cage Breaker Dredge deck bringing up the combo portion. And then uh, Control is Elish Oath and Mono Blue Delvecaster. So, I mean, there were 24 decks, and the metagame actually just cut itself into a third for the top eight, which is kind of interesting. Well, Nothing really dominated over anything else. So, really, there were, you said 12, 6, and 6? Yep. That's pretty crazy. That's, it, I, you know, I, I just think that's randomization, though, to be honest. Uh, sure, but I, I thought it was interesting that it was just one-third the meta. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's definitely like a little slice of the pie that represents the whole pie. Yep. So, so yeah. uh, coming into first seed with four wins and one draw is Kaunos running the other uh, rug-colored Delver deck. And we were talking about this before the cast, and Zach is like, I don't understand how this deck is going to win. It's a legacy deck. With mental misstep and strip mine. It does look pretty good against uh, five or four of the other decks, which all kind of look like legacy decks, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it, we'll get to it in a minute, but, like, with the match that I played, it's like if this deck draws a uh, Delver, they want to play it turn one, right? Right. And that's kind of like the one thing that scares me a little bit is on these decks, some of these... Some of these decks have such crazy explosive turn ones, specifically the Dredge deck and the Storm deck, that it, it just like changes how I guess Kaunos has to play. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely! Like he has to really consider if he wants to play his Delver of Secrets or represent Spell Pierce on turn one. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I think it's I think it's interesting because he's got a couple different avenues he could play with, but. Definitely the card that, st that sticks out to me is the Grim Lava Mancer for all the little legged beasts running around. And uh... Yeah, the Grim Lava Mancers were great for this event with, you know, 10 other decks, 11 other decks that revolve around small-bodied guys. Yeah, exactly. I also like the three main deck Graph Diggers cage because, you know, you mentioned Legacy deck, and I don't really disagree with you. Yeah. Well, that is kind of that is kind of ballsy like to have that main deck it could be a dead card in so many matchups but he has so much you know shuffling and, and just moving around ability that i guess it doesn't really matter that much i guess there's always you know the off chance that he could grab figures cage and then nature's claim it <laughs> yeah and set off his grim lava mancer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go and you know turn on tarmogoy there you go so um, he came in at first seed um, I know I was paired with him in the fifth round, and we, I'm kind of glad that he offered the draw, because I think he might have gotten me with those Lava Mancers. Yeah, Lava Mancers are scary. So, uh, so, I mean, he's got, you know, 12 cards. He's not really, he looks like he's a slower win aggro deck with Tarmogoyf and Trigon Predators, as opposed to, um, some, like, big flyers like Sower and uh, the Vendillion Click. Yeah, I just, like, the only thing that I kind of got a question are the Trigons made over, main over the number four Grim and Tarmogoyf. Well, I can kind of understand the Tarmogoyf because, I mean, it is just the body. Yeah, but for what his deck wants to do, just a body should be enough, right? Tons of counterspells, some lightning bolts, uh, 
stifles. I mean, like that. All he wants is something to win the game because he's going to control everything else. Maybe his blue count was down. Let's see. We've got four, six, ten, thirteen, sixteen. Yeah, he's got 19. a lot of blue. Oh, he's got twenty-four and then twenty-six with the trigons. Yeah, maybe he just didn't think Grafdigger's cage would be enough. I, I hear you. I mean, you never know. Um, but uh, you can't really talk with the results, right? He's doing really good. And I keep forgetting. Yeah, and I keep forgetting. Cow knows my sincerest apologies. I, I keep forgetting that, like, we're not mentioning him along with Clan Magic Eternal. He's totally one of the members. Oh, man. I, yeah. He is. We're we're in first seed. Woo! <laughs> I, I was like freaking out. I'm like uh, Cronin when we were talking in our private forums. We were like, oh yeah, we got three guys in top eight. And Cronin's like, no we don't. I'm like, yeah we do. And he's like, no you got four. I'm like, you're yeah. making top eight? He's like, no, 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 no. Cow knows, bro. I'm like, Cow knows oh. has been a member of the Classic Quarter for so long that I just forgot. I know. I always just, like, assume he's Classic Quarter still, but it's awesome to have him on board. Definitely Magic Eternal Pride. So, uh, grats to you, Cow knows, uh, rocking out first place with some uh, sweet tech. Second, second place is uh, Can Tripping, or second seed, and he is the captain for Lotus Farmers. And really good guy, Ryan. Uh, known him for a while, and uh, yeah, he's running a scary deck. I mean, this is one of these decks that you see in classic, and it's just it's power personified. It's a bunch of uh, cards that shouldn't have seen print in a deck together, and uh, it's like stop me or else you're gonna die. Yeah, these are one of those decks that can you know mulligan twice on the play and still win turn one. Yeah, and. Uh, Basically, that happened, so we'll go over that in a minute. But yeah, not only that, this guy also, like, a card that I wasn't planning for, and you can call this, you know, bad planning or whatever you want, but I totally either overlooked or forgot that this guy had Gataxian Probe in there. In every uh, game, it's like turn one Gataxian Probe, he sees my plan. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> Couple that with game one having a starter of. Land, uh, Mystical Tutor, something, three Brainstorms, and a Fetch Land, and him going, yeah, I'm going to get Taxi and Probe, and then I'm going to play a Cabal Therapy for Brainstorm, and me going, cry? That sucks. Yeah. That's, that's rough. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's a heck of a card, and... Sideboard-wise, he has the ability to transform or really fight the uh, the dredge matchup. I think it was a good pick for this tournament, and with all the creatures, we'll see we'll see how he does because I think this guy's really set to uh, do well. Yeah, I mean, there are some force of wills to fight through, but there are not very many fast like turn two things that will win the game. Absolutely, and you know, look, just don't forget this guy has a ton of discards. Cabal Therapy, Duress, it's 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 wicked. Does he have Thought Seize as well? No, he does not. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think but then he's also got the Time Bubble Take, and then Tinker for Blightsteel. And then in his sideboard he could go Oath, or he could go Helmline. Yeah. Not to mention he has the Singleton Mind's Desire, and he has Yogg Will in case you counter his stuff. Yeah, good deck is a good deck. Yep. So, I mean, that's what I played, and we'll go over that more in depth in a minute. Number three, who's this guy? 
Number three is me at uh, three zero oh, and two. Uh, we've talked about my deck a whole lot. I put misdirection up because I want to misdirect Philip J. Fry from beating me. <laughs> Sounds good. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. All I will say is I'm going to artfully dodge your declamer. <laughs> so next up is another three zero oh, two, uh, Calavera in the fourth seed playing with Merfolk. Yep, another Clanny and another good deck. So he's got uh, some things that I had missed the last time we talked about it. Um, I'm pretty sure we saw the Waterfront Bouncers. But then he also has two Gilded Drake in the main deck as well, which is pretty nifty. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, I don't really know about it too well, because obviously, obviously that's for the Oath matchup, right? It's for the Oath matchup, but I mean... I, I guess it could also be good stealing a Tarmogoyf. I'm just thinking to myself, like, the only real uses I see for it in left in the top eight would be to steal a Grim Lavamancer or a Tarmogoyf. I mean, I guess he could get really cute with Waterfront Bouncer tricks. Like, take the Gilded Dra or uh, play the Gilded Drake and suicide block or attack with the creature he grabbed and then bounce the Drake. No, the, the, the Drake, does, there, there's no tricks you need to do. You bounce the Drake, and you still have that creature. Oh, is that it, then? Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely, I mean, part of the reason it's there. It's oh, there. Well, that's a great, that's a great trick to have, then. Yeah, it's, it's not like, it's not like Sower. It doesn't matter if it's in play or not. You exchange control. So, that's pretty good against all these creature decks. I mean, almost all of the creature decks have removal, so I don't see it going very far. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it gets out there, it could be a good thing. This guy, you know, the other thing about him is he's only running uh, two of the Merfolk Lords. And, of course, he wants to keep his curve down. I don't think he has anything over two mana in this deck besides Force. But it's interesting because he doesn't need to have the same strategy that you have in Legacy, which is you need the 12 Lords. Just like you need, uh, you know, like you need 13 Spheres and Stacks and Legacy, you need 12 Lords. You need the... Coral Helm, the Lord of Atlantis, and the uh, three-mana dude from Morningtide. Oh, man, that's the best one, too. Meryl Regere, yeah. He's, he's, I don't know if I'd say, I still think Lord of Atlantis is the best. He's ridiculous. Well, I mean, I guess, but Lord of Atlantis doesn't, I guess it gives all of your guys unblockability. That's it pretty. beats Blue Deck. Um, he's a little counterspell light. Yeah. Three spell pierce, two mental misstep, and then four days on top of the force of will. That's not very light, though, if you think about it. You got three, five, nine, thirteen, fifteen? Only four of his counter spells are, are uh, hard. Everything else is conditional. Yeah. Well, that's true. Spell pierce can't hit dudes. Mental misstep can only hit one drops, and then days is useless on, like, turn three or four. It's kind of interesting that I just assumed that, uh, he would have an advantage over the Storm God, but now that I'm looking at it, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> uh, he it's tough because if he leaves mana untapped, then he's not getting in with his guys. And if he's getting in with his guys, then he can't protect himself with counter spells. Yeah, the scary thing about the sideboard is he has nothing really to add against the Storm matchup. He only has two mental missteps. No, but I really like the Parish against all the green creature decks. That's cool. I like that. I like that, too. Parish. I like Submerge, dude. That's sexy. Submerge is good, too. Oh, I'm going to, you know, 
crack this fetch land, okay, I'll put Delver on top of your deck. Delver or Tarmogoyf or Grim Lavamancer or Trigon Predator, you know, those guys. Lots of things. Um, his best matchup is already out of the event, though. Who's that? You. Calaveras? I, well, maybe Tommy Topdecker is his best matchup. I don't understand how I'd be his best matchup, dude. He has a because bunch of I think he's terrible against everything else. Huh? Uh, besides Tommy Topdecker, I don't think he's very good against any of the other decks. Like, I think he's got the best shot against yours. I just don't, like, with his lack of counter spells, I don't know how he'd counter the oath, though. Right, but I I think that he would do better against you than the rest of the top eight is what I'm saying. Uh, maybe. I don't like any of his matchups in the top eight. I don't know, dude. I, I The Grim Lava Mancers are tough outs, but if he can avoid the Grim Lava Mancer, the thing about Merfolk that you're forgetting is Merfolk just beats creature decks. No, Merfolk beats uh, control decks, sir. What? You don't Merfolk think Merfolk beats, beats creature decks. decks? No. Yes, they do. Creature decks run removal and creatures to block. No, I think Merfolk are good. I, I really do think Merfolk are good. I think Merfolk beats control decks. That's what I think. We'll see, sir. Now, now I kind of have to admit I want to see you play Calavera because you act like Merfolk are easy. I don't think it's easy, and my deck is probably one of the, uh, not the worst, but worst in Counters or Yuvapa's deck, because I don't have 25 guys, I only have 9. Yeah, it's tough. And he has Waterfront Bouncer for your dudes. Yep. But he's going to be up against Tommy Topdecker, which... Yeah, so, I look at Tommy Topdecker as a control deck in this matchup. He's got a lot of great things that he can do, and these big, powerful plays, but... They're kind of slow, and Merfolk, Merfolk's going to do a lot of damage. Yeah, n nothing against Tommy Topdecker. There's no way he wins this matchup, from what I'm looking at here. I, 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 yeah, I think that Cal might get this one. The problem is, the one thing Tommy Topdecker's lacking in this matchup, he doesn't have in his sideboard either, and that's creature removal. Yeah. So if he doesn't counter every single one of his big threats, keep in mind... You know, this guy's running four Muda Vaults. That's a 3-3 creature easily in this deck. And on top of the Aether Vials, which make counterspelling things impossible. Yeah, I'm not feeling real good about Tommy Topdecker's prospects here. I mean, he could prove us wrong and, and win this matchup. Oh, wait. I take that back. He, he can. I think Calavera already said he won. Tommy Topdecker won? No, Calavera won. Oh, so we've got... Uh, I can verify so, for sure, but I'm pretty positive uh, in our forums. Let me see. <clears throat> uh, da, 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 da. So, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive. Yep, he won 2-0. Oh. So. All right, then. Maybe maybe we can get Calvary to comment in the section on how he won. Exactly. That would be sweet. So after that, um, we have me, or excuse me, we have the s fifth seed. Who's the fifth seed? The sixth seed is is uh, Philip J. Fry. Philip J. Fry. With a 3-1-1 record on Cagebreaker Dredge, who's going to be my matchup this uh, this weekend. I got to tell you, I am not looking forward to this. Wow, it's so crazy the way Dredge does things now. 
keeping mental misstep in the deck? What the hell? Well, that's that's this version of the deck. No, no, I understand what it's for and everything else. It's just like it changed so much. Yeah, there's the Elish Norn in the sideboard. Um, we might see it change again, though. Apparently, uh, over on the Legacy Circuit for Star City Games, there were two decks, two uh, dredge decks running Gristlebrand. Maybe we'll see some Gristlebrand dredge in uh, Classic. You know what else I haven't seen much of is the... Um, I mean, I guess it's just strictly not as good as uh, Bizarre Baghdad, but it just seems explosive. That little red common uh, from Innistrad. Uh, Faithless Looting? Yeah, I haven't seen much Faithless Looting dredge. Well, not not in classic or vintage, but I think Faithless Looting has made it in Legacy. Yeah, that's fine. Legacy does. But yeah, anyway, so <laughs> my matchup is going to be an automatic game one loss, unless he mulligans into Oblivion. And then, uh, I mean, I've got four Ravenous Traps and four Graph Digger's Cage versus his four Nature's Claim, four Cabal Therapies. And then uh, Chain of Vapor and Ingot Shure. And mm, that's it. Oh, Serenity as well. So he's got a lot more hate than I uh, I do. The only thing that I think I've got going for me is Ravenous Traps waiting on top of my deck. Yeah. That'd be nice if you hit those in timely fashion. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Next time we record, we'll know. Yep. And then and up next is seven seed Mr. Abstract with the three one one. Yeah, and I was uh, I'm running the same deck. It was a uh, oath, Elish oath, which you know I don't know if I'd run it again. I mean, Elish is nice and everything. I just it, let's put it this way: half the time when I flipped oath, I wanted it to be one or the other. Unlike with good game oath, you don't really care if it's Blightsteel or if it's Emrakul. It doesn't usually matter. Yep. And this kind of a variation, it, I really found it mattering a lot. Like, sometimes I was like, please be Elish and not Blightsteel. And a lot of the time it was the, uh, the exact opposite. I will say, the most ridiculous thing you can do is go, you know, Oath into Blightsteel, have it go one more turn, and then Oath into Elish, killing all their guys and making your guy, like, so it'll kill them no matter what. That's, that's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah, although... I don't know, I think activating Oath twice, you just win regardless of what creatures they are. Um, usually. So, uh, uh, that's mine. I'll be interested to see how Gristlebrand fits into Oath now that we've got it online. I almost bought one yesterday, on Saturday, but they were ridiculous. They were like $17. Yeah, see, I, I can't bring myself to, uh, to say that it'll be... Amazing. I mean, I'm sure it will be. It's a seven-seven. I just want to try it out. Necropotence. But I just don't understand why you'd want to. It just makes the win slower. Uh, I just want to try it out. I, I agree with you. I'm definitely going to buy me some copies. Foil. It, it would be cool to you know like oath it up, hit dragon's breath, attack for seven, gain seven life, and then on their turn draw fourteen or twenty-one cards. Yeah. Agreed. Be like, all right, how do you win? I have. Seven Force of Wills in my hand. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's cool. Good stuff. Um, next up is Yuvatha 
and he was the eighth seed. We kind of said last week it was Yuvatha or his opponent. The winner of that match was probably going to make it, and it did come true. And Yuvatha had the cool deck that was running the uh, the Spirit and Dell. The uh, I guess it's more like Bant Fish with some crazy stuff like Cephalid Constable, Cold-Eyed Selkie, Spirit and Dell, Thalia Guardian, blah 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 blah. Um, uh, Thalia Guardian Thraven making a pretty decent impact in the format. Yeah, it's a, it's a good card, I guess. I mean, I, I hate prison cards, so I don't want to really give it too much credit. But I think it's, <laughs> I think it's pretty okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, it seems like it, it does the trick in this kind of a deck here, especially. Um, he did well for himself. I mean, 3-2, and two, getting 8 seed the hard way. You can't really argue with the results, you know. Uh, Preacher in the sideboard, always kind of like gets me a little excited. I don't know why, because it could be almost anything else, and it would still get me excited, but hey. Um, yeah, so, so who's he playing? Uh, the first seed? He is placing up against Kaunos, yes. Yeah, okay. And then uh, for posterity, we had the ninth place guy who just missed it on tiebreakers, our good buddy, Mr. Cronin. And There's actually, the tiebreakers were a pretty big gap. It wasn't particularly close. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, dude. Six percentage points? It's not huge. I've lost tiebreakers on, like, 0.3 percentage points, so I feel like this is a goal. Yeah. And I mean, not it's, it's not like It's not like a coin flip or anything. But yeah, I hear you. And, of course, I, I do want to mention... Cronin has some pretty cool stuff in this deck. I, I kind of urge you guys to check it out. He's one of these guys who's going to play what he wants to play. And uh, it's got some cool stuff. Back to basics, propaganda, flusterstorm, all main. It's not something you see yep. every day. He's got uh, planeswalkers and the time ball. Tabernacle. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm not playing any creatures. Tabernacle. Everything costs three. Oh, and you want to attack? That's going to cost two. And your lands don't untap, by the way. Yeah, enjoy that. So unfortunately for him, he didn't quite make it. Yeah. But uh, so we talked about them a little bit as we went down the list. But we've got Kaunos versus Vatha, and that's the Rug Delver versus the Bant uh, Shadow Fist. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of like that. Something. Shadow Squid for the Constable. Sh um. Shadow shit. <laughs> so I mean, Yubapa has Umazawa's Jits. And first strike creatures, but Kaunos has Grim Lava Mancers and Lightning Bolts. Yeah, I just keep thinking about Kaunos' deck though, and how likely is he going to hit three Grim Lava Mancers every game? He only needs to hit one though. No, that's what I'm saying, but with three, how, what are the odds that he hits one every single game? Oh, sure. I don't know. I think if he gets Grim Lava Mancer and if it sticks, I think he's looking good. If he gets Grim well, Lava Mancer... Well, every single creature that you bought the plays dies to it. Huh? Every single creature you bought the plays dies to it. Not Trigon Predator. Uh, oh, I suppose there are three of those in the main deck. But I, So I, 25, 25 out of 28 creatures die to it. Yeah, but his deck, to be fair, Yuvatha's deck has some really explosive uh, draws. Just, like, to throw one out there... Turn one, Noble Hierarch. 
turn two, Kasali Pride Mage, another Noble Hierarch, etc. I mean, you could just get some crazy, crazy, powerful plays going with that. Um, sure. I don't know. I mean, I, I like Bant Fish and Legacy. It's kind of fun to watch it play. I, I don't really know how it's going to do in Classic, so I don't want to pretend to. If I was going to guess, though, I think I'd probably lean with you. I think Countess probably has a slight matchup advantage in this. Um, next is Calavera and Tommy Topdecker, and we know that that was a 2-0 win for Merfolk. Yep. Uh, next is going to be me and Philip J. Fry, and I'm going to... I mean, obviously I would like to win 2-1, but I think he's going to end up winning 2-1. And then there is Cantripping versus you. Yeah. You said you had an interesting game three. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go over it real quick. Um, I said game one, it was just pretty brutal. It was, I kept a really, I guess it was a good hand, but not knowing that he had the, uh, what is it? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Duress, all therapy, Gitaxian probe. Not knowing that he had Gitaxian probe, totally my bad. You know, Deckless are published. But I would have not kept the can that I kept if I knew that he had that. Um, keeping a hand with three brainstorms on the draw with no force of will is super loose, and it's not something I normally do. I paid for it. You know, he had turn one Gitaxian probe. And I'm like, uh, after that, I did smiley face, please no therapy. And the funny thing was, he acted like it was a tough decision. I had three brainstorms and a spell pierce, Okay. And he actually said, he goes, I have it, but I'm trying to think about what I want to take. And I just sat there like, oh, okay, please take the Pierce. But no, he took the Brainstorms. And uh, that led to the game one blowout. I mean, it just wasn't that close after that. Game two, um, it wasn't very close either. I, I had a turn one mental misstep for his duress and uh, had a turn two oath. And on top of that, I beast within his single land, so it was really ridiculously unfair. And then um, that was with a uh, mana crypt, so it was really fast beast within and oath. And uh, game three, it was kind of like the deciding game, and it was just like one of those classic coin flips. It's kind of like why I love and why I hate the format at the same time. Um, there are busted draws in every format, but when you get a busted draw... You shouldn't lose with the regularity. You still lose with a classic. I mean, you know firsthand, George. You a lot of the times you have a win in your hand, and you're just going to lose no matter what. Yep. And that's really what happened. I kept a, a hand with uh, time vault, voltaic key, brainstorm, two lands, and two cards of some type. And what I did was oh, uh, force of will and a jace. And what I did was turn one. He did. Uh, he was on the play. Remember, this is game three. I won game two, so he was on the play game three. Game three, he right. plays land, duress. And while I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you have a couple of options. I could let the resu duress resolve and lose my win condition. That wasn't going to happen. Or I could pitch my force of will and use either the jace or the spell pierce. I decided to use the jace so I could have spell pierce banner the next turn, which I think almost anybody would do. I turn turn one. I just leave mana up, and I pass the turn, because I'm not going to tap out and play the Voltaic Key. Okay. So, he doesn't do anything on his turn. Turn three, I lay another land, play Voltaic Key, leaving one land untapped. The reason I did that was, I wanted to have one land in case he did play a Duress or something like that. Or, 
you don't let me take it back one step. I use the spell pierce on his turn for another discard spell. Um, but then on my turn, okay. I, I have uh, you know two lands. I play a key and I have one land untapped for the brainstorm. Theory was if he plays anything, I can brainstorm my key to the top and guarantee that I'm going to win the next turn. The problem was that wasn't what happened. I played the voltaic key, kept the land up, passed to him. He played. He went. Hmm. I'm going to go mana vault, soul ring. Ley line of the vo- or uh, uh, lion's eye diamond, uh, infernal or no Yogmoth's will on the stack. Pop the diamond. Put a freaking the only card in his hand obviously was tendrils of agony into the graveyard. He has like lotus petal, brainstorm, duress, and other cards in there, and I just get raped while I have the win in my hand. I use my brainstorm and I get. Um, Mental misstep, spell snare, and something else, and no help. So I just lose on the spot. Man. But bad beats happen. And I, I, I will say this. I told Ken Tripp, and he's a really nice guy, so uh, like I say to my clan all the time, at, at least I lost to somebody who I can stand. <laughs> if this was like, uh, I don't know, fat man in a little coat, I'd have a problem. Oh, Oh yeah, F, F you Richie. F you Richie. Um, anyway, I think, so that's that's it for the top eight, I guess. Yeah, and I I gotta say, like looking at this event, I'm kind of split between. I think it's obviously totally my my biased, you know, Magic Eternal side, but I kind of think it's gonna be be between two of our guys. I, I think between Cow Nose and Calavera, I really like the way both of them match up against the field. Um, Especially Calavera. I think Merfolk are being drastically undervalued by my buddy George here. I hate your face right now for liking Merfolk. <laughs> I don't like Merfolk, but I think they're really, really, really well positioned right now. I, I don't see how you can have a nice thing to say about Merfolk and I hate Affinity so much. I hate Affinity, I hate Stacks, and I hate Dredge. I hate Merfolk. It's the only deck I hate. Really? I like all the other decks, I just hate Merfolk. It's blue. I don't know how you can hate Merfolk and like 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 Hermit Druid and stuff like that. That's why I hate it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for us for this week. Uh, you got anything else to add? Um. No. I mean, this Wednesday they are going to be changing the event times. So let's hope that they change it to events of fire. And they're adding the Avacyn Restored uh, draft keys, which I will be all about. Oh, yep. Release weeks are happening on Wednesday as well. All right, guys. Well, as always, we wanted to uh, thank you for tuning in. We wanted to thank our hosts and our sponsor, PureMTGO.com and MTGOTraders.com. Find all your cards for all your needs there. And uh, I had fun this week, buddy. I'll see you again next week, hopefully with some uh Tales to be regaled with about your entry into the top four. It would be nice. See you guys next time. Later, dudes.